are you? Sandra? Episode 218 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast with my guest, the lovely and talented Lauren Marie, Lauren Marie Taylor. Um, I'm just going to rattle off some stuff um, and I will save the quote unquote for my audience, the best for last. Um, also known as Stacey Donovan from the soap opera Loving from 1983 to 95. You've done voiceover for the cartoon, The Pound Puppies, which I think is hilarious. Um, one of my favorites, and a lot of people, I don't know, maybe if they're not familiar with it, they should check it out. But you played Sheila in the slasher movie, Girls Night Out, which is a crazy movie. Um, you were also Elaine in Neighbors, alongside John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, which is awesome also. And you are also... Eleanor Schofield in a couple of episodes of Ryan's Hope, which I actually remember. Small, but it was, it's there. And of course, celebrating 40 years of Friday the 13th Part 2, which is one of my favorite in the franchise, also known as Vicky. How are you, my friend? <laughs> How are you? Oh, we have I'm a delay. Good, thank you. I, we have a little bit of delay, so. Yes. So deal yeah, with us, people. Because I'm all the way up in the boom, way northern New York. Are you in New York? Yeah, yeah. I'm way north. I'm about, um, oh, gosh, 80 miles from New York City. Okay. Oh, so you're not that far from me. But you, I, I just recently learned that you were born in the Bronx. Is that right? Yes, I'm from the Bronx. Um, I was born in Bronx Hospital, grew up on 149th Street and Prospect Avenue, and then spent most of my early years uh, in the projects on Randall Avenue. So to all you Bronxites, you know where it is. Randall Avenue across the street from St. Raymond's Cemeteries. Nice. Great beginning to the horror movie genre by living across the street from a cemetery. In the projects, you're a project girl. That's awesome. I never, I would never have thought. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because a lot of people, you know, they have this vision of you. Um, um, and they assume when you say the Bronx, they think, oh, Riverdale or maybe Westchester. And 
No, no, no. I remember um, cockroaches walking around under our uh, my pillow when I would be asleep and waking up to this crunching sound. And uh-huh. when we would get our plates and glasses from the cupboards, you know, the roaches would be inside of it and we'd uh-huh. have to wash everything out. It was really, I, I grew up in a very roach infested environment. I had plenty of company. Nice. Yeah. I, I grew, I grew up in, in Canarsie in Brooklyn and, and then I moved to Rockaway for a little while in Queens and it was the same thing, especially Rockaway roaches. It was, it was not, it wasn't fun, you know, but it makes you appreciate where you are in life now. Right. Yeah. Now I just have mice, um, which the cats usually take care of, uh, bears, Woody Woodchuck outside the raccoons, the wild foxes, plenty of deer. And once in a while, those things that make those funny sounds, not the foxes, the coyotes. Oh, really? You have coyotes up there, huh? You have coyotes up there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, One morning, I... Yeah, I mean, I I go running very early in the morning, um, especially when I was teaching. I'd be out running at 4.30 in the morning, and you'd hear the sounds, and you'd see packs of them. You know, and once in a while, I'd turn back and run home, but you would see packs of them running across the road. And I always bring um, spray and I'm, you know, licensed in other ways. So I bring things with me whenever I go outside. It's licensed in in other ways. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, like with my hands, you know, licensed with my hands. Black and karate. (laughs) It's elite the weapons. That's funny. So now... They are. They absolutely are. I wouldn't mess with you. I wouldn't mess with you. No, my husband always likes to say that I don't. He says, I don't argue with my wife because she could beat me up. There you go. Keep them in line. Now. Question. How how, I don't really ask questions, but I have to. What was the first thing like? Growing up, did you have like aspirations of being an actress or did it all happen kind of by accident? How, how did that happen? Yeah, it actually did happen by accident. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian growing up because, you know, love animals and all that other business. And I thought I could, you know, save every animal and make them live forever, which, of course, you can't do. I found that out. And um, I was doing um uh, high school, not high school musical, because obviously that's way after my time, but I was doing a high school musical called Oklahoma at my brother's school next door to my school in New York City. Um, and um, a friend of mine who was also in the musical, we did Oklahoma, Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club and, you know, uh, War Games. Uh, she was in the musical with me. She was the romantic lead. And I was, of course, the comic relief. And her manager was in the audience one evening. and. After the show was over, after curtain call, Allie said, oh, my manager wants to meet you. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And yeah. And she said to me, have you ever thought about, you know, being on TV? And I said, no, not really. I just go to school. I'm an A student. Just want to do this with my life. She goes, well, you know what? Why don't you think about doing this? Because you could probably, you know, do very well in commercials. So I called her back in a week or so. And three weeks later, I booked my first commercial and jingle, and I wound up doing all of the uh, Burger King commercials for three years, including their jingles. Really? So that's how I started. 
Wow, that's yeah. kind of cool. I didn't yeah. know that. That's very cool. So this was around what year? Because, I mean, obviously, um, Friday 13 came out in 81. So this is, what yeah. year was this about? Yeah. This was in um, 1978. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I was just about to get out of high school. Do the math. Yeah, so it was 1978. Spring of 1978. Yeah, it was really cool. And I was able to uh, get my union card right away. And back then, you know, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA were separated. So I was able to get both union cards at the same time. And I just kept doing, I mean, I can't even tell you, hundreds, hundreds of commercials after that. And really? Not What's just for that? Burger King, but for other other products, yeah. I hope I can say Burger King. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, you can say it. Listen, if Burger King is actually listening to this, I'm doing something really good. It's all right. So you so you kept busy doing all of that stuff, and then what was like your first role? Was it was it was it Friday Thirteenth, or were you on Ryan's Hope before that? Um, actually, I was I was a background actor for a Woody Allen film called Manhattan. And I haven't posted it on Instagram yet, but I took a screenshot when it was on TV recently. And what what they would do with the young young actors, especially back then, the pot wasn't so filled with people who wanted to be on TV or in movies. So the same manager said, hey, you know what? Woody Allen picks his own people. He picks every, I don't know if he does anymore, but back then he picked every single person who was in the movie, including the background actors. So he wanted to fill up the screen which, with a bunch of high school kids. Okay. And she sent him my picture and he handpicked me. And I'm right front and center when he comes out of the Dalton School with Mariel Hemingway. So that was my first experience on camera and seeing how it works in terms of a movie. Whereas, you know, commercials very different. It's very um uh, uh, close up and product orient, oriented. Whereas sure. the movie, it's all about the moving pieces and the background and the feeling, you know, of, you know, where the movie, especially with, with the Woody Allen movie. I mean, I know he has his issues and whatnot, but this was way back when. Sure. Um, so I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that experience of what it's like to be on a movie set and I, yeah, I did that one and I did another one with John Ritter where I was again in the background, but he noticed me and he put John Ritter put me up front. Um, wow, that's him. awesome. Yeah, it was kind of cool to, you know, be able to work with um, these great people before my movie and TV career really took off. So those were my first forays into film, but right. my focus was TV commercials and then I went to college. So everything kind of got put on hold for a while, except the commercials. Okay. That's cool. But now I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know really anything, but word around the campfire, no pun intended is like when you're on the set of a soap opera, like, isn't that very, like, you don't get so many takes and stuff like that, do you? It's a completely different world than a movie, is it not? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely different. You know, time is money on a soap opera. You also have different, back then, of course, you had different cameras, you know, so you didn't just have one camera, you know, doing different angles and having a cut and do another angle, cut, do another angle. On a soap opera, you had maybe two or three 
cameras moving around towards you. So you really had to pay attention during early rehearsal time in the morning. I mean, we'd get there at six, seven o'clock in the morning and do a rehearsal, then do some makeup, then do a camera rehearsal, then do more makeup and have lunch, then do a dress rehearsal, then get notes and script changes, and then go and film. So it was a huge process. You had to be extremely flexible and you really have to think on your feet. Um, uh, so yeah, it was, it, the soap opera was, was very different from being on a movie set for I sure. I can imagine. Yeah. So, and, and if your IMDb is correct, there's 388 episodes of you on Loving. There could be more. I don't, I don't know who runs that page. I actually right. don't run that page. So there are things that are missing on it. A I'm lot sure. of things that are actually missing on it. So, you know, I mean, I've hosted morning talk shows across the country, live shows like the Today Show, but local shows. Right. And none of those are on it. And I can't put it on it, you know, because, you know, whatever. And yeah. there are other things that I've done. I did a thing with The Onion. They had a, a TV series for a little while and I was on that. And right. that's not on there and that's okay, whatever. Um, so I don't know who runs it, but right. yeah, not everything is correct on it and not everything is on it. Yeah. But they also have your one episode of quote unquote, my first time, the soap opera episode <laughs> that's on there. What's that? It's some show. Yeah. It's, it was some show. There was only a few episodes. I think the first one was like Henry Winkler spoke about the first time he was on the set of Happy Days. And there's like an excerpt from episode two of you speaking about something like the first time you were on the set of a soap opera. So it's called, quote unquote, my first time. And it's like a variety thing. How do you not know that? That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that was produced. Um, because my internet connection is messing up, so sorry if I uh, cut it in out here, everybody. No, you're okay. Um, you're yeah, that was actually way. produced by Linda Gottlieb, who produced. Uh, okay, yeah. Sometimes you cut in and out, so if I look confused, like <laughs> that means that I didn't, I didn't understand you because it went. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was um, produced by Linda Gottlieb, and uh, she produced Dirty Dancing. And when they killed my character off. On loving, the fans were just beside themselves because uh, you know I was like the girl next door. I was you know one of them, and um, they could relate to my character on the soap opera. So they created this show for me to be in to interview people who were also being killed off of loving, and then to interview people you know on other soap operas even in even general hospital mostly abc soaps to interview them about their experiences so that's what that was but i don't remember it being called my first time but i guess that's what it, it was called. that's what it is this is, is a remember, i tried to look for like the image or like the logo of it to maybe incorporate it onto your flyer but i only found one and it's with the fonds on it and that's it but there's a it's a thing it was a thing <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That would have been in 1995 to 96. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So now, how did you, first of all, I have to say this. I had Bill Randolph on recently. Okay. And I said this to Great him. Guy. 
I said this to him and I'm going to say it to you. And just because I'm repeating it doesn't mean it isn't true in any way. When I was 11 years old, no, when I was not 11, do the math, do the math, Jim. When I was like six years old, I think I saw Friday the 13th part two when I was like 10 or nine. And it was one of my favorites. And I still watch it to this day. It's huge part of my nostalgia and a huge part. I'm a Friday the 13th guy. So to have the opportunity, well, let me back up. When I was 10, 12 years old, whatever, even not that long ago, if I would have thought that I would have eventually the opportunity to have a video conversation with Vicky from part two or Jeff from part two or several other Friday 13 people that I've had on in the past, I would have thought you were crazy. So this for me on a personal level is very, very, very cool. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time. So it sounds sappy and corny to a lot of my demographic that listens, but I thank you and you're appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate that too. That's very sweet. It's 11 years old. That's a little, I, I don't know. 11 years old, my kids had not seen the movie yet. Um, in fact, they didn't see Friday the 13th part two until they were at a sleepover. And I remember my daughter coming home from the sleepover and she goes, mom, yeah, you know, so, you know, so-and-so and and I watched, you know, horror movies this weekend. We went to Blockbuster and blah, 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 back when Blockbuster was a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we watched this movie and you were in it. And how come I didn't know that? And I just, (laughs) you know, that cringe thing just went back because you're too young. She goes, mom, I saw you die on a soap opera. This is not too young for me. It's true. But also I look at it this way as well, because I have an 11 year old daughter and the things that I was doing when I was 11, I could never imagine her doing not even watching stuff because kids are so (laughs) sensitized now. But like I was, you know, five, six years old and I would walk back and forth to school by myself in Brooklyn. And it wasn't even a thought. You know what I mean? I would never in a million years let my daughter go to the corner store now. It's just different. So days of video stores and I would ask my father for money and I would go rent Friday the 13th over and he used to get mad at me. He's like, why do you get the same thing all the time? Like, I enjoy it. Leave me alone. You know, but yeah, it was, uh, it's a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't get any overdue fees, then your dad should not have gotten bent out of shape about it because it was all about the overdue fees. So he should have been lucky if you didn't get any overdue fees with that. Well, I got, I got one and I got a quick story for you and then we could move on. Way back in the mid, early and mid 80s, you probably remember, some of the people listening might not, but to purchase a VHS tape, some of them were like $90, $100 for a videotape. Now, I rented two movies. One was not for me. It was Terms of Endearment. And the second one was the 1981 movie Basket Case. Okay. I forgot to return them like two days later. And then I got nervous that I was going to get in trouble. So I kind of just 
never returned them until the video store contacted my father and he blew a gasket because me and him walked to Rockaway video on 116th street. And he had like $120 in his hand. And that was in like 1985 to pay for these two movies that I never returned. And I don't have terms of endearment, but I still have the basket case VHS tape. So yeah, I had a major overdue fee. <laughs> that is sad. You should have gone to the library and gotten them there. Uh, I didn't even know nothing about the library back then. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was in so much trouble. He was so mad. $120 in 1985 is a lot of money. You know? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who are you? Did you ever have to pay your dad back? No, no. How am I going to pay him back? I'm like 10 years old. What am I paying him back with? <laughs> Withhold my allowance for six months. Okay, there you are. Hmm, oh, did I lose you? Yeah, you lost me for a second. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay, well, well, you said you're in the boondocks. It's all right. People will deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes we don't even get cable, so it goes off, and you have to call and reboot everything, and you know, the old-fashioned way. Unplug it for 65 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, we have that problem. That's <laughs> all right. It's okay. But it's, yeah, it's very quiet, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, uh, you're going crazy a little bit. I like quiet, though, sometimes. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I do like quiet. And, you know, my mom still lives in the city, in New York City. So I'll go in, you know, my daughters live in New York City. So, and my son lives up, upstate way west um so i you know i do get in you know yeah. it's always it's always a good time <laughs> nice now how did you get involved with friday the 13th too how'd that happen okay i missed the, I missed the beginning of that uh, what was it how did you get involved with with uh, the friday the 13th oh okay okay i got most of it um Yes. So remember, I told you that I was doing all those TV commercials. Yes. Um, one of the casting directors of TV commercial was hired to be the casting director of Friday 13th Part 2. And, um, you know, they give you um, the casting directors a breakdown of the characters and what they want. You know, like the hot guy, the sexy guy, the athletic guy, the athletic girl, the sexy girl, the smart girl, the dopey girl, you know. Whatever the girl with nice bottom, Kirsten Baker. Uh, so uh, one of them was the all-American girl next door. That was you. So of course she immediately thought, Lauren Marie Taylor, the girl next door, does bazillions of commercials. So um, uh, when the casting call went out, my agent, of course, jumped on it. My agent at the time jumped on it, and Marge was like, "Let's bring in Lauren." And I read for the role of um, of Vicky. And I think two days later, they called my agent and said, pack your bags and her mosquitoes stuff, you know, her mosquito spray. She's uh, going to go into camp. And I'd never been to camp ever. You know, <laughs> my camp. Yeah, I mean, my camp in the Bronx was 
playing in the fire hydrant that we illegally opened up. Same here. <laughs> yeah, so that's how uh, that's how that happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We are, um, well, myself and this guy, his name is Peter Anthony. He just recently, he made a couple of Friday the 13th fan films. And I had him on a couple of episodes ago. And me and him in a couple of weeks, um, I asked you on Instagram from a different Instagram page if you had any idea where the shack was where Jason lived in part two. That was me. But we are going in a okay. couple of weeks. We're going in a couple of weeks to actually, I know it's not there anymore, but we need to find like where it once stood, like the footprint of it, because we're not normal. So that's what we want to do. You know what? It's funny because a lot of people have told me that they've, you know, because, you know, Camp Crystal Lake is still there. You know, it's in Blairstown. It's the Camp Sobe Bobi or whatever it's called. Yeah. Great place. Love the people. They do the Camp Crystal Lake tours there. Yeah. And Bill Randolph and I actually were there last August. Very limited amount of people. I think 25 people per, you know, session. Uh, but it was really cool because it was a lot like the way our camp was set up, except we were on um, on that hill. Yeah. Um, but I have thought about it. I've been I've driven through Connecticut. I've driven through Kent, Connecticut, and I've often thought, wow, I should kind of look for it. And just to, again, to stand on the footprint of uh, Hackenack Lodge yeah. where it all happened. It would be really cool. And what would be really nice is if the people who owned it would realize the, um, you know, the uh, horror movie genre historical importance sure. of that location. Yeah. And plus, yeah. You, you know more than anybody that the fan base for Friday the 13th is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, how many people still yeah. think, like, like I'm living proof. I'm 45 years old. I'll watch part two for the 200th time later tonight, like with no problem. So it, there's something about that franchise. I mean, it's probably linked to, you know, when you were a kid and whatnot, which it is for me. So, I mean, the, the fan base is rabid and they could actually really cash in on something like that because, you know, also, Fans, for the most part, we're not there to cause problems or anything. We just legitimately appreciate these things, you know? So they should realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in total total agreement with that. I mean, you know, even I know I would go up there and be a part of it all for sure. Yeah, 100%. It would be so cool. And I drove, I went to, um, there's this thing that I do. I mentioned this a lot on the podcast, but it's called the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team. And it's all for fun. And we'll go to- Oh, film I see it, yeah. Yeah, we'll go to like film locations, kind of like whatever you're into. Famous, like, there'll be like a famous photograph of like, say, a sports figure. And you'll find where it was and you'll take a picture and you'll take the original and lay it right on top of the current photo. So it's like a before and after in one. So I've done a lot of Friday the 13th film locations. 
like on in New Preston, like where Sandra and Jeff are on the telephone, you know, stuff like that. I've, I've been all over there and I went down the road and it says private property all over the place, but I still kind of risked it. And I went all the way down the road to where Packnack Lodge was. And once I got down the end of the driveway, which was like a, a mile long, there was a whole bunch of people there and they kind of like looked at my truck and I just kind of had not a good feeling. I'm like, you know what? Let me get out of here because I don't know what's going on. And I backed out and I left, but I wanted to go and take a picture of like where the famous campfire scene was where John Fury is telling the whole story, but I never got a chance. Yeah. How do you know about here? I have a question for you. Um, you, you drove to the bottom of it, but, how do you know that when you got down there that those people were not there also to check it out? No, it would have been funny. If no, you it was it was like a oh, party okay. or something. It was like a get together. They were like family and friends and stuff. Like it wasn't a bunch okay. of horror fans at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it probably was. They were just like masking it by being, you know, oh yeah, the uh, uh, family reunion. Yeah, the Voorhees family reunion. <laughs> See, I like that idea. We should get a whole bunch of people and we should do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we rent out this area of the lake for a family reunion and just, you know, have the entire group that's left of us from Friday the 13th Part 2 and, you know, invite the crew and go, yeah, yeah, we're all family. We're all family. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be hilarious and so cool. Oh man. So how was it? I mean, how long were you on set for? Well, oh gosh. I mean, they, they, you know, we packed our bags from New York city and, you know, they drove us up there, I guess mm -hmm. like a van or something like that. It was so long ago. I don't remember. Um, and they had us stay in the cabins uh, where the camp was. And we were there I think we were there for a couple of months at least. I mean, I know I had to leave at one point because I booked a commercial, you know, and I was like, that's how, you know, I paid for college with my commercials. So I booked a commercial, so I had to leave. And actually that's one of the reasons why I'm not in one of the early scenes where everybody's running through the woods too. Um, they later shot that I stayed behind with Mark um, right. in his wheelchair. But the real reason why I wasn't in that scene was because I was I had to go back to New York City to film a commercial. Mm -hmm. um, um, but we stayed at the camp and we had to walk down that hill to get to set because, you know, except for some of the scenes, you know, obviously with, you know, uh, Sandra and Jeff, you know, and, you know, Walt, uh, the old dude, um, Walt. Um, Walt Gorney, crazy. Yeah, rap. Walt Gorney and a few other people. Yeah, crazy rap. That's it. Um, you know, they were off. <laughs> campus if you will uh but we all stayed at the camp and warrington was there warrington gillette was there also um and we just stayed there even when we didn't film we stayed there they just kept us there because i guess steve viner's feeling was well if we get this scene done we can do this other scene of yours so we just stayed there we were getting paid you know yeah. weekly to stay there yeah. so it wasn't a big deal and it was nice uh you know we had a great time we all got along there was no drama on set or anything we all that's awesome was great and um, yeah it was a it was a great experience it was scary as heck for me 
you know, coming from the city, I was just like, no, oh, it's too quiet. <laughs> yeah, you're in the yeah, woods. Yeah, you it's, know. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, and it was before, you know, I could carry a taser and pepper gun, you know, it was before that. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, you'd get your call time, you know, be down at set at, you know, eight o'clock at night. I'm thinking it's dark in the woods at eight at night. <laughs> and it's pitch yeah. black in the woods. It's pitch black. <laughs> yeah. So now. In, yep. I mean, I've gone camping. I know. Yeah. In Crystal Lake Memories, which I've seen the whole six hour documentary, I don't know how many times. But in that documentary, you say that Warrington was, quote unquote, your Jason. I'm sorry, which one? Um, I, I missed the last part of that. That Warrington was, quote unquote, your Jason. Okay, yes. So, um, yeah, that, you know, it's funny. Warrington was our Jason on set. You know, he did the makeup. You know, he you know wore all the prosthetics, you know, on his face, the gnarly hair. Yes. Um, you know, the outfit and everything. So he did all that. The person who actually killed me was Jerry Wallace, who was a crew member because uh, Warrington was not there that day because uh, he had other projects, too, going on. And since there were no stunts, Steve Dash wasn't there that day. So they dressed up, you know, Jerry Wallace, who was not as tall as Warrington or Steve Dash because Warrington was, you know, pretty tall also. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. they dressed him up in the outfit and you didn't see that much of him. You know, no. you saw the plaid shirt, the overall, and of course the sack head, you know, best use of a pillowcase ever. Yeah. And um, so he was the one who actually did the, uh, you know, attack towards me and the dragging down the staircase. Yeah. Nice. That scene still is, is very, I've seen it a million times. And that whole scene where you're creeping into the room quietly and he pops out of that bed. It's still a very, very creepy and effective scene. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I always joke around um, because I'm looking up the stairs for Mark and Mark is in a wheelchair. And I remember saying, saying Steve Miner. I mean, I read it in the script, you know, when we all read the script together and I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was just like I was just creeped out at having to go to a camp and live in the woods. So, so when we were doing the reading all together, I didn't think about that. But when we got to actually shooting the scene, I said, Steve, why would he be up the steps? He's in a wheelchair. Right. And he's just like, Lauren, just, just do it. Just, you know, do what's in the script. I'm like, okay. You know, and, but I'm like walking up the steps. So there's kind of like a double thing as I'm walking. Like, why am I going up these steps? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. It makes complete yeah. sense. It makes yeah, sense, but it, but it was, doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, but that really was Bill Randolph hanging behind me. Yeah, the closet. They didn't uh -huh. use like a dummy and dress him up as Bill. He actually had to stand there with this sheet over his head, <laughs> listening to me scream over and over and over again. Yeah. Oh, what a great scene. That's so cool. Shit. And now... Yeah, I mean, a lot of people... Um, oh, what? Sorry. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, well, a lot of people were asking about uh, about that scene and why it's so long. And, you know, was there more to it? And what happened was, you know, Steve Miner saw this chick can scream forever. You know, 
I could say something rude, but I won't because I don't know if you have little kids listening to this. I don't have kids listening. And and most of the time I talk like a truck driver anyway. I'm just being very tame because you're on. I would, I curse all the time. You can say whatever you want. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Steve Miner, Steve Miner, like my husband, said that I could scream forever. So anyway, he decided, sorry, I don't say that out loud often. He decided to, um, uh, instead of doing um, edits and cuts and whatnot, he decided to do um, a dolly shot, you know, where the camera's kind of on, you know, like a train track type of thing. So he decided to do that. And that's why it's such a slow burn to get to Vicky to actually kill her. And that's why people are like, well, why didn't you run or whatever and i was like well you're got this thing uh, he's got a sack over his head you don't know what's going on and it's creepy as heck and he's got a knife you're frozen in fear yeah and so i just kept screaming and screaming and screaming as the camera's moving closer and closer to me so that's why he liked that shot because i could scream forever so thanks to steve minor listening to me scream yeah, that's why that shot was so long. Yeah. Nice. You were just recently at the little monster mania that happened. Yes. Yeah. Over the weekend. Um, it was the weekend of the 22nd and 23rd of May, and it was outdoors. Yeah. And it was canceled last year. Uh, it was supposed to happen the weekend of Friday the 13th last year. And um, uh, so they made it for this year. And it, there were only a few of us there in terms of. I think Adrian Barbeau was there, uh, uh, Christy Swanson, Janine Taylor from part one was there. Um, the pin, the guy uh, with the pins in his head? Um, yeah, uh, uh, Doug Bradley, yeah. pinhead. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody would know who he is. Um, I think he, he was the one who was there. We didn't really get to see each other because there were so many amazing people who were um, coming up to us. And, you know, it, there was a lot. I lost my voice, actually. My, I just got it back today because because they limited the amount of people who could go, you were really able to spend more time chit-chatting with people. And, you know, that's what I love. And even, you know, like when I was on the soap opera and I would do appearances on the soap opera, part of the the joy of doing appearances was talking to the people who really enjoy um, your, your work, you know, and, you know, your movies or the soap opera. There were even some soap fans there, neighbors fans, which was, you know, crazy. Um, Yeah. It was it was a really good time, and I really look forward to doing more in the future because it's it's been a while, and I, it's nice to meet people um, that now that I'm on Instagram, you know, for the past what year and a half now, it's nice to meet people um, from Instagram. It's like, wait, pull down your mask. Oh, there you are. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Cool. They're like, you know, what? I'm like, pull down the mask. <laughs> Yeah. And almost everybody, everybody was vaccinated except maybe one or two people. And I had my card. Yeah. It was me too. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I've gone to so many conventions and I haven't been to one since before the pandemic, but I would average like six conventions a year. I would go to both monster manias, both New Jersey horror cons. And there was one that you were at, but you had left already. I think it was a chiller. And you were sitting next to um, Kirsten Baker. And I met her that day and I wanted to meet you, but you had already gone. 
Your sign was up and you were next to her, but you were gone. Wow, that's unusual. I never leave early. That was like maybe like five years ago. Oh, I was I was teaching. Or you were doing a commercial. Uh. Yeah, I was doing something. um, But I, I remember if it was on a Sunday, if that's the same day I'm thinking of, if it was that Sunday, I did have to leave early. Yeah. But I, I try not to. Um, when I was teaching, I could never make it for the Fridays. Right. Um, because, you know, you hate leaving your kids sure. um, without their teacher, even though, you know, I love my assistants. But, you know, you just, you know, always hate leaving them. Um, so usually I would never be able to make the, the appearances on Fridays. But now I can. So. Yeah, and I stay all day. I don't leave on Sunday anymore. I stay all day. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have anything in the works as far as more conventions? Um, yeah, actually, um, well, I'm doing Days of the Dead in August, all the way in Atlanta. Okay. And then I there's another one in the works for the fall. It's not confirmed yet, but there's another one in the works for the fall. And I'm doing I'm actually going to um, it's, I don't think it's going to be at Camp Crystal Lake in Blairstown at the, um, you know, the, um, you know, the Boy Scout camp that's there. Yeah. I look like my cat trying to get in. <laughs> um, it's going to be near Blairstown, New Jersey, and it's a fan film. Um, his name is Jason. So I'll be going to the uh, premiere of the fan film. I'm not in it, um, okay. but we're going, Bill Randolph and I are going, I think a couple of other people are going to see what is that? Movie. I think it's uh, June 12th, and I think people can still get tickets uh, to it. His name is Jason. Really? Uh, is, that, yeah. is, is that by the Blairstown Museum on Main Street? I'm not sure. I, I know it's, I think it's in a big outdoor area because they're going to be showing the film. Okay. Um, outside at night. Outside at night. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, because there was a couple of events that I've been to in Blairstown. There's a couple of events that I've, I've been to in Blairstown, and they do a really good thing over there. Like, there's, there's been several times. Like, I've been up and down Main Street, I don't know how many times, and they there was a fan film that was filmed, that was uh, premiered there, like, two years ago, Friday the 13th, Vengeance. And they have a lot of events over there. A girl named Janine does a lot of stuff over there. So it might be the same area. So if it is, I'll look into it and I would yeah, like to probably, and check it out. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Well, I'll, we'll be here. We'll, yeah, I mean, we'll be there. We'll be there all day. And then I think, the, I'm not sure what time it starts, but we'll be there during the day and then into early evening. And then they'll be showing the fan film. And I think the event is over at 11-ish okay. or so whenever the movie is over. Yeah. Yeah, it's not far for me. It's like an hour and a half drive to Blairstown, New Jersey. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, it's well, a little bit longer. Yeah. But I, I can, I have, you know, relatives who live there that I can stay with overnight, which is what I did last year. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area and everybody's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So June 12th, you said yeah. I have to look into it and then if, if I can make it, I'll definitely be there. So I'd like to say hello in person to you and Bill, because for some weird reason, I have no idea why. I never met Bill in person either. I met so many Friday the 13 people, but for some weird reason, not you or Bill. I don't know why. I have to change that. Well, 
Yeah, it's weird. I mean, Bill, you know, Bill and I are considered New York City people. And um, I don't know, uh, uh, they tend to import the people from Los Angeles um, more. I, I'm not, I don't know why. Maybe because, I don't know, maybe they figure Bill and I are working, you know, full-time jobs or something, which, you know, you know, we, well, I think Bill retired. But, you know, we do, so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that Bill is in uptown Manhattan. I had no idea. I, I work like 20 blocks yeah. from where Bill lives. It's weird. I had no idea. Yeah, my mother lives not far from him. She lives about 30 blocks away from him, too. That's why when we went to uh, the event the um, the event at Camp Crystal Lake last August, um, I drove into the city and picked him up and brought him, and then I brought him back home again. Nice. You know, I was like, why not? Yeah, super yeah, nice, super cool. nice guy. Yeah, Bill and I, you know, we keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah, super nice guy. He's a great guy. He totally cracks me up. You know, whenever somebody says, "Oh, you know, do uh, you know?" Oh, look, there's a ghost behind me. Ah, you see that? <laughs> I see you? it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with you. Anyway, um, yeah. Whenever people say, you know, oh, you know, who should we, you know, talk to? Well, because I you know, you know, Bill and I are quote local. I'm like, Paul oh, Bill, he's just a great interview. He remembers everything. He does. He does. Do you mind if I shout out? I have a sponsor I need to just shout out real quick and I think you would appreciate. Please do. Are you a coffee person? Do you drink coffee? I do. Okay. <laughs> And wine. Okay. Um, a sponsor of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, they're called Dead Sled Coffee. D-E-A-D-S-L-E-D Coffee. You can follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. And if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get 20% off of your order and it's free shipping for any order over 60 bucks. Now, what the cool thing is, is that they're not like this uppity coffee company. They have done licensed deals. They have a cane hotter blend. It's called Cane Kills. It's a coffee blend. They've done stuff with Robert Englund. They've done stuff with Elvira, the band Kiss. They've done stuff with Cypress Hill. They do like a lot of really cool things, and they're a small company. So once again, Go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the code Brooklyn Blast. You'll get 20% off of your order. Anything over $60 is free shipping within the United States. And follow them on Instagram at deadsledcoffee. Thank you for being a sponsor. That's it. That is awesome. You know what? After um, it, There should be the uh, Laura Marie Taylor, the day after drinking too much wine, uh, dead sled brand. Yeah, hey, listen, I'll throw it in the suggestion box. You never know, it might happen. <laughs> the, uh, the, the wino blend. No, the wino kidding. blend. No, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the morning after, the morning after too much Chardonnay blend. There you go. By Lauren Marie Taylor. And it could be me. Wait, 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 be like this. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Oh, wait, why not? Oh, you see how these things just happen like that? 
<laughs> Why not? I didn't even catch that. That was good. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, you know, I was a teacher, so I, uh, you know, when you're a teacher, you kind of pick up on a lot of these um, word blends and things like that. It drives my husband. Nice. Now, not to get crazy personal, but didn't you meet your husband on the set of Girls' Night Out? Yes. Yes, I did. I met him on the set. He was Boswick. He was the super geek. And, you know, so I go from, you know, Tom McBride, you know, Tom McBride guy, to the guy with the big Coke bottle glasses. I mean, nothing against glasses. Everybody knows I wear them. Um, um, You know, so I go from Tom McBride to, you know, Bostwick, <laughs> you know, like that with the big glasses, you know, being such, you know, a, you know, booky, book, bookish kind of guy. And, um, you know, we were filming it in the fall of uh, 1981. And, you know, I you know, kind of noticed him because he has very striking blue eyes. And I sat across from him when we were all eating this Thanksgiving dinner because it was the day before Thanksgiving that we were filming one day. And I sat across from him because it was the only seat that was open. So I was like, oh, I got to sit across from the geeky guy. And he had a plate pile like this high with food. And he was really skinny back then. And I just looked at him. I said, are you going to eat all that food? And his mouth was full. And he goes, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. And his blue eyes. And I just looked and I went, really? And he went, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so needless to say, you know, two years later, we got married and he promptly gained all that weight because I cook a lot and he eats all that food. Nice. And this dude can pack away a pint of berries a night. I'm not kidding you. Really? <laughs> yeah. For real. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I have to admit, I can pack away. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's been, we've been married for 38 years. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, I, w- I won't hold you hostage for too much longer, but um, how did how do, I, I just listen, have to ask. Listen, 30, after 38 years, <laughs> the more time away from my husband after 38 years, the better. <laughs> nice. I won't tell him you said that. Um, so now I have to ask, how was it like I mean, I can't, I can't let you go without asking you this. How was it like working with John Belushi? Oh, I mean, the guy is a legend. I refer to it. He was legend. And so is Dan Aykroyd. Absolutely. But I always refer to it as, oh, the best. Just, just the best. I always re- refer to it as the best time of my life. Like the most fun I've ever had in my life. My husband knows I say this too. Um, was... Phenomenal. I have a bazillion stories. Um, I mean, um, yeah. Okay. I'll just, I could give you a couple of examples, but one example, um, I was understudying an off-Broadway show around the corner from where John Belushi and his wife, Judy lived in the, um, in the West village. I was at the Cherry Lane theater and it was funny enough. It was with Kevin Bacon and I actually Uh. took it out in Chicago, but that's another story. Um, Anyway, so while I was filming Neighbors during the day, what I'm like the placard thing, while I was filming Neighbors during the day, at night when we were done shooting, I would have to boogie over to the Cherry Lane Theater downtown um, to understudy the show in case I had to go on. Um, And one day I got a little um, note 
um, from the stage manager backstage uh, from them saying, if you see fit to go out with us tonight, we'll be at such and such door a few doors down from the theater because obviously they didn't want the you know people who came to the theater mobbing them or anything like that so I was like oh yeah I'll go out with them well then it was epic after that every night I'd go out with them we'd go to meatloaf concerts and then just hang with meatloaf and we I mean I've met Carrie Fisher and Christopher Reeve and Carly Simon and the whole group of Star Wars people um just their whole circle I met all those people, Karen Allen, everybody. And, um, you know, just going to concerts and parties and birthday parties. And it was constant and it was great. And it was the best time of my life. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. That was like, yeah, I was like, you know, because you've worked with, I mean, some legendary people. And I, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't go without asking you about John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. I mean. How can you let that pass by? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because, um, you know, I got the part almost, I don't want to say by default, uh, but I was doing that same show album out in Chicago because Jennifer Gray was doing the part that I was understudying and she had her 18th birthday and she kind of tripped on a sidewalk and hit her head and got a concussion. So they <sighs> flew me out to Chicago to take over for her. So I got off the plane and went straight to the theater um, and did that. And I was there for a week, maybe a little bit more than a week. And when I got back off the plane, um, I had a phone call from my agent that said, Lauren, you need to go right now to this address. It's the director of this new movie called Neighbors. They can't find somebody to play John Belushi's daughter. And I was like, oh, all right, whoever he is, because I never watched Saturday Night Live. So I went and it was five blocks from where I lived and I still had my clothes on from the plane. So it's kind of smelly. And so I ran over there. I actually put on my running stuff and I ran over there and um, they were doing like this big table thing. You know, I was like, hi, I'm Laura Marie. I just got off the plane from Chicago. And she's like, wait, you were just in Chicago. And I said, yeah, I was doing blah, blah, blah. He goes, wait, was that with so-and-so with Adam Baldwin? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, did you happen to go to, you know, this pub, whatever it was? I was like, yeah, actually I did. It's on the corner of such and such and such and such. So we were just yapping the whole time. And then I read with him and, you know, they were like, thank you. Thank you. Ackroyd was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I went back to my apartment, phone rang maybe two hours later. And they said, go back. They want you to read again. And it looks like you're getting the role. And that's how oh, I got That's great. Yeah, and then Belushi took me shopping down in the East Village for all those cool clothes that I wore, you know, and the candy underpants. We actually shopped for the candy underpants yeah. while we were um, in the East Village. Yeah, that was so cool. And, you know, just the hair and makeup that they did with me was, you know, I mean, I've never done anything like that, obviously. Right. And it was, um, it was really, it was just so cool uh, to be with them and, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was, what, 19 uh, years old when we filmed it, 19, 20 years old when yeah. we were filming that. And um, it it was just great. It was just great. That's why I love watching, um, following Judy Belushi's um, Instagram page uh, called It's John Belushi because she'll post, you know, lots of old pictures. And I'm like, oh, I, remember. Oh, I remember, I met them, I met them. And it's yeah. really cool. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same thing when you're filming Friday the 13th. You're not expecting or realizing what you're actually creating because look at this now. Yeah, I mean, who who knew? Who knew that all these years later it would still be popular and gaining a new generation of an audience? I had, I had no idea. That's why, you know, you know, people go to conventions for different reasons, right? Um, you know, when I was on the soap opera, I would go and do mall appearances and things like that. We didn't have conventions. Or we would do fan events at a little restaurant in the city. And it was all about just meeting the people who love what you're doing or love your character or love other people, you know, you know, in your um, in your uh, professional world, like the other characters in Friday the 13th. Though I love Stu Charno and whatnot. It's for me, part of the love of going to conventions, and I don't go to that many, as you know, um, it's meeting those people and listening to their experiences. And the first time they saw Friday the 13th, their neighbors or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it's really fun and cool to hear that and their reactions to that, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's so cool. I think, I think it's, it's all awesome. It's very cool. Like, like I said earlier, like I never thought that I would be able to sit here and have a conversation with you. So this whole technology thing is very cool. And also all of the people that I've met at conventions, whether it's Friday 13 people or other horror, you know, actors in horror movies, I have not had like a bad experience or have been really disappointed there's one person but i won't mention the name that i tried to meet this individual three times i won't give this person five dollars just on principle but other than that i've met dozens and dozens and dozens of people and i've had nothing but awesome times and all of the friday the 13th quote-unquote alumni have all been super cool every single one of you guys it's very cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, yeah, they really are cool. I I love seeing them again. I just started to meet people from the other parts, you know. Um, you know, I, I saw Janine Taylor over the weekend, and I think I'd only met her once before, but it was just so much fun to be with her. And, you know, it was just fun. You know, she's a funny chick, too. Yeah. And yeah, it's really great to meet everybody. And in terms of us seeing each other again, um, you know, the, you know, like Amy Steele, John Fury. I remember the first time I saw them, I think I was down in Tampa, Florida at Bay of Blood, where it was the first time I'd seen them for a really long, 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 long time. And it was just like yesterday. We were just like, ah, how are you? <laughs> just like yesterday. None of that, you know, oh, hi. Good to see you again. What's up? It was just this like robust group hug of we all have been part of this experience and let's embrace it and share it with everybody. Absolutely. Very, very, very cool. You know, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I'm listening to you speak and you know, I'm from New York. I grew up in the Bronx, lived in Brooklyn, you know, for half of my life in the Bronx, half of my early life in Brooklyn. And, you know, I hear... I hear your accent and my accent starts to come back yes. when I speak with people from the old neighborhood. But mm -hmm. when I was in college, they were like, you, if you want to be an actress, you've got to get rid of this accent. And I actually had to go to private 
diction classes to get rid of my New York accent because I was like, I'll call you tomorrow, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes out. It, it'll always be in you. It will always it's be in always you. there. Um, well, my daughter-in-law is from, uh, she grew up most of her life in Long Island, in Long Island. Long Island. And then, she, um, then she grew up the rest of the time in Pennsylvania. And when she's here visiting with my son, she'll start talking and I'll start talking like this with her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's always there. It will never completely leave. And I know I know I have it bad because friends of mine who were born and raised in Brooklyn will be like, dude, like you have it bad. Like I have a bad Brooklyn. It's it's thick. And certain things I'll catch, I'll hear certain things that I say. I'm like, God, like that's like stereotypical over the top Brooklyn. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's very endearing. It reminds me of Saturday Night Fever. You know, I feel like putting on the BGs in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Film not too far from where I'm sitting, by the way, right now. I, know, I went to actually my first year of college was in Wagner College, right over your Verrazano Bridge. And yep. when I've, I've run the New York City Marathon, I think six times now. So I've run through your hood many times. Mm-hmm. Lenny's Pizza, right? Where he, where he eats the two pizza, the, the two slices on top of each other. It's still there. Same sign, same everything. Nothing has changed in that place. It's still there. Wow. Yeah. It's still a gold, wow. it's a gold mine, that place. It's a gold mine. Only because of oh, Saturday Night right. Fever. That place will never close down. It's a gold mine. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I wonder, do have you been um, privy to super fans of Saturday Night Fever going there for pilgrimage at all? Oh, yeah. There was uh, something happened. It was probably like two years ago, two or three years ago. It was the anniversary of Saturday Night Fever. And there was an event and it's on 86th Street, right, on, right between 20th Avenue, Lenny's Pizza. And now the neighborhood has changed a lot, but there was word that John Travolta was going to be there. He was done filming that movie Gotti that he did. And there was word that he was going to be there. Let me tell you something. Every single old school Goomba wearing the Sergio Tacchinis with the pinky ring cigars, they came out of the woodwork. There's Cadillacs and Lincoln Continentals everywhere. Gold chain cigars packed, packed. I don't know where they all live now. I don't know where they all came from, but there was a whole gathering and it was like, it was like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It was so over the top. It was insane. They have freestyle music blasting. It was a scene. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's just great. I wish I'd been there for that, man. Oh, it was, it was, you go up there and you just laugh. I just, I went, it's just hilarious. It's just, so typical. It's it's almost like we went back to like 1980 with how everyone was dressed. And these yeah, weren't yeah. these weren't people like dressing for that occasion. Like these people still dress that way. And I don't know where they came from. 
velour yeah. sweatsuits. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, and the, 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 bang, the girls with the bangs and, you know, oh. yeah, like, you know, the, the big hair. The you big know. hair. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, people will go there and still get two slices of pizza and put one on top of the other and then walk away and eat it. People will do that. Yeah, I won't do that though. Just like I will never, <laughs> that's why I will never do that. It's like I can't do that and I'll never run up the rocky steps. I've been there, I won't run up it just on principle. I can't. Well, um, I will say, um, uh, some uh, several years ago, I did um a TV commercial um, down in, um, you know, in Philadelphia. And I was, my hotel was near the, um, that museum with the Rocky steps. And I said, while I'm here, I have to do this. And I'm going up these steps. I'm like, I'm not even breaking a sweat. No, it's it's very easy to do. (laughs) But yeah, it was kind of cool because in my head, I was thinking of the Rocky. Of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very, very cool. (laughs) So now, do you do you want to? I mean, you you just said you're you're on Instagram for maybe like a year and a half now. Do you want to tell everyone what your Instagram is and and where they can get in touch with you if you want them to? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm on. It's just my name, Lauren Marie. Oh, I'm gonna put my hair back down again. It's just <laughs> I'm gonna, here. I'm gonna do the eighties thing. Hold it. Hold on. I gotta do the eighties thing now that you got me going here. All right. Um. So. Okay, so it's my name, Lauren Marie Taylor. Um, no, it's, it's seriously though, it's my name, Lauren Marie Taylor, with the number one behind it. Very easy, and okay. yeah, that's where you can find me. You know, I, you know, post sometimes. My kids catch me doing things, and I'll post videos. And once in a while, there is a cat or day thing because I love my my kitten. My kitten who started, we um, found him at two weeks old, and he used to sleep right here on me mm-hmm. when he was two weeks old which was great, but now he's this big and this big. I mean, he's huge and he still sleeps on my chest. So he's like compressing everything. And it's like, it's like, no, I need to keep those up and going. Come on, don't compress them anymore. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do Facebook, do you? I, I have a Facebook page, but I don't go on it very, very often. I don't know why. I just... I, I really don't go on it. It's kind of dormant. It's not deactivated. It's just kind of dormant. I mean, I di- did have a Lauren Marie Taylor one, but then things were getting weird with it. So I just thought, ah, I'll just let that go. And I, I deactivated that, but I think some people still go there. But then there's one under my married name, but if people try to message me there, they're not going to get a hold of me at all because I just, I don't, it doesn't show up on my phone. <laughs> My phone, it's probably my husband's phone. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's my aunt Phyllis. She's probably uh gotten wind that I'm online somewhere. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, no, no. So, I, I, so if anybody tries to get in touch with me on Facebook, you're going to be very unsuccessful because I just it's not on my phone or anything like that. Okay, so Instagram at Laura Marie Taylor, the number one. Yeah, with the, just the, with the number one behind it. And you'll know it's me. I think my uh, profile picture is a picture of uh, me with my dog, Jack, who just passed away right before Easter. Um, he was a TV dog. He was on Law and & Order and Manifest and 
the sinner, prodigal son, almost family. He was he was a TV dog. He actually had his own trailer on one of the shows. It was kind of cool. Really? Yeah, but I kept that picture up. So okay. Yeah. Well, very, very cool. Well, hopefully sooner rather than later, you'll be back around. I was supposed to go this past weekend, but things came up and Hopefully sooner rather than later, oh. you'll be in a convention somewhere around here that I will definitely, definitely make it out. But then again, June 12th, I'm going to try to I'm going to try my best to go to I'll look it up and find out where it is in Blairstown. And I would like to say hello to you and, and Bill and hang out. Yeah, I think there are going to be a couple of other people from, I think, maybe some of the other Friday the 13th, too, not just ours. OK, so that that's definitely a thing to go to. It would be. Really cool. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, I was just going to say, well, Vicky, well, Laura Marie, thank you so much. <laughs> I swear to God, I was going to say, well, Vicky, thank you for your time. But seriously, thank you so much for this. This was awesome. You're hilarious. And like I said, hopefully I'll, I'll meet you in person sooner rather than later. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're, it's great to talk to a fellow downstate new yorker with an accent and you're just great i I can't wait to meet you i really look forward to meeting you it'll be a good old brooklyn time yes likewise awesome bring me me a slice of pizza though you have to bring me a slice of pizza do you want do you want a regular or a square both oh that's tough i i i like both i'm a real die hard i actually when we order pizza every friday night we have pizza here uh, we we alternate square, uh, circle, square, circle, square, circle. So I'm I could eat pizza every night of my life, and I have done that, and that wasn't a good look on me, so I had to stop. Right. Well, don't worry. If if I make it up there, I'll come up there with a couple of pies. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give out pizza to everybody who doesn't know the difference between real pizza and whatever they're eating. Okay. <laughs> pizza for everybody on me no problem for sure for sure, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> can't wait me neither you have a great night and thank you once again thank you love and i hope to see you soon thank you so much yay yeah. bye everybody <laughs> bye <laughs>